Today on CityCast Chicago, Abraham Bolden made history as the first black Secret Service agent to serve on a presidential detail in 1961. He was tapped by President Kennedy himself. Bolden immediately faced racism and saw that other officers protecting the president didn't really like Kennedy's stance on integration. So Bolden ultimately spoke up. What happened next led to a 50-year fight for justice, and Bolden finally got some last month. We talked to the 87-year-old from his home in Auburn, Gresham. It's Wednesday, May 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Abraham Bolden was an Illinois state police officer in 1957 when he first met then-Senator John F. Kennedy. So he was on a campaign trail, and he came to Peoria in order to give one of his campaign speeches. When the plane landed in Peoria, this Senator Kennedy, he was sitting on the back of a Lincoln automobile, and it turned left right in front of me, and I was speaking Spanish in that brown uniform and that smoky the bare hat. I mean, I shined my shoes all night. You was good and fly, weren't you, sir? Oh, man, I was <laughs> ready. I had the Sam, Sam Brown belt. You could see your face in So when he turned left in front of me, I got a good look at him and I waved and he waved at me. Now, in the meantime, Fred Baxter, who was a Secret Service agent, asked uh, Mr. Baxter, I said, do they have any Negro Secret Service agents? Mr. Baxter said, I don't think so, but why don't you give it a try? And on October the 30th of 1960, I was sworn in as an agent of the United States Secret Service. As fate would have it, President Kennedy won the election. Chicago put him over. He won Cook County by 8,000 votes. So he was coming to Chicago in order to thank Mayor Daly. They were having dinner at McCormick Place. Now, by me being one of the newer agents stationed in Chicago, they moved my position from the banquet hall where the president was going to speak. And they put me two floors down going to the washroom with a Chicago policeman in my place in the banquet hall. So it was an effort to deny me the status of being a Secret Service agent. It was sheer racism. But at 8.30 p.m. that night on April 28, 1961, the limo pulled up bearing the President of the United States. First thing he wanted to do was use the washroom in their old school. <laughs> when he came down the steps, he stopped right in front of me. I was standing in front of the washroom. And he smiled, he said, are you a Secret Service agent? Or one of you Mayor Daly's finest. I'm a Secret Service agent, Mr. President. 
And the president asked me a question. He said, has there ever been a Negro protecting a president on the White House detail in Washington, D.C.? I said, not to my knowledge, Mr. President. He smiled. He said, would you like to be the first? I said, yes, sir, Mr. President. I'll be looking forward to seeing you on the White House detail soon. And on June the 6th, 1961, I made that long walk between those two White House doors and walked into history, being the first African-American being appointed to the White House detail. Now, if the story ended there, everything would be fine. When I think to like movies and TV, when they portray Secret Service agents, especially in the White House, they make them seem like the best of the best, the most professional, the, you know, the most about that action, willing to kind of lay their lives down. What was your impression of the White House detail when you got there? And that's what I thought, too. I had mm. that impression. I had studied. I had read about the Secret Service. And I knew that they just were one undercut under the FBI. It was my intention to go through the Secret Service into the FBI, into a diplomatic service. That's what I was thinking. But when I arrived in Washington, D.C., it was like going from heaven to hell. I found so many segregationists I found agents who disliked President Kennedy because of his stand on integration. These were men who were guarding the president's life, you're saying? Yes, yes, men who were guarding the president's life. Many of them did not like the president. The detail I found was very racist. did things like do pictures, left them on my desk where I could see them, of black people with beady hair, thick lips, things like that. But the kicker was this. When we were in Hyannisport, Massachusetts, I heard an agent say that if an assassination attempt were made against President Kennedy, that he wouldn't react, and other agents chimed in. When that agent said that, I knew that somebody had to take some action because we were getting threats from all over against President Kennedy. The 60s, it was rough. Racism was at its height. Black people were being lynched throughout the South. We had just left the Emmett Till murder. So things were pretty wrong. I had my supervising agent 
saw me, witnessed me talk with President Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy. He saw the President Kennedy introducing me to his father, his mother, and all the little children who were around us shook hands with Edward Kennedy. President Kennedy treated me royally while I was in Hannesville. Mm. But this agent who was from Mississippi, he said boldly, he said, I'm going to tell you something. Don't you ever forget. He says, you're a nigger. You were born a nigger. You're going to die a nigger. You'll never be anything else but a nigger. So act like one. That was his retort to my conversation that he saw. The president introducing me to his entire family. And I knew right then when they said that they would not react if an attempt were made on the president's life, somebody had to take some action. president was assassinated in 1963 and before the year is even over by December you are being caught up in a scandal what happened in those months from you having conversations with the president to his tragic death to your life being kind of just thrown up and turned upside down well when that bullet struck Kennedy in the head in Dallas, Texas. I asked to be transferred back to Chicago and to leave the detail because of the racism, because of the drinking, because of the lack of respect for President Kennedy, whom many agents referred to as the nigger love. So I knew that my days were numbered. And they were. Bolden was a whistleblower telling his supervisor what he heard other agents say about President Kennedy and that they were drinking while on duty. So in 1964, he was arrested and indicted for soliciting a bribe, conspiracy and obstruction of justice, alleging he tried to sell a Secret Service file. There were two trials. One was a hung jury. The other involved a judge telling the jury he believed Bolden was guilty, persuading any jurors who might think the agent was innocent to convict him. He was sentenced to five years and served 39 months. Bowden then became pretty anonymous and resumed life on the South Side until late last month. President Biden granted the first pardons of his term. Among them is 86-year-old Abraham Bolden, the first African-American Secret Service agent to serve during the Kennedy administration. The White House said Bolden has steadfastly maintained his innocence, arguing that he was targeted for prosecution and retaliation for exposing unprofessional and racist behavior within the U.S. Secret Service. Honestly, it was a standstill moment for me. I had great faith, so there was no doubt um, that he would get that clemency. My only goal and purpose was for him to see it, for him to be here to see that clemency. Sharice Williams was a part of Abraham Bolden's legal team and wrote the clemency petition during the Obama administration. It was finally granted April 26 by President Biden, but there's still work to be done to completely clear Bolden's name. The president did an amazing thing by granting 
the pardon and he did everything that he can do. That's the highest honor that he can do. We have to make some changes to federal statute. And it's very important that um, when a full unconditional pardon is granted, whether it's a, an act of forgiveness or an act of um, injustice, which in this case, it would be an act of injustice, a full unconditional pardon should include the right to expunge. Well, after fighting to clear your name, did you feel like you were, you know, everything was worth it? Or, or did you also feel like you just lost a lot of time? No, I didn't lose any time. People say, well, mm. they spoil your life. But this was my life. And I'm happy mm. about the way it ended. But I would do it again. Because sacrifice is a necessary it's necessary if you want to sustain the truth. And I'm not through yet. I'm not through yet. I got 10 or 20 more years left. I mean, they're going to have to deal with me. I'm not through yet. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is just a part in the Ref's going to throw the ball up and I'm going to try to make a basket again. I want to thank both of y'all for joining CityCast Chicago. Sharice Williams, who helped put the petition for clemency together for Mr. Abraham Bolden. And in the flesh, Abraham Bolden, the very first black Secret Service agent in the White House. I want to thank both of y'all for making time for me here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. 24th Ward Alderman Michael Scott Jr. has resigned from city council after seven years to move to a role with Center Space Studios. The mayor has 60 days to pick a replacement to finish out Scott's term and lead the ward, which includes Lawndale, Holman Square, and Douglas Park. The families of residents who died in a Rogers Park senior living facility are suing the building's owners and managers. Three women were found dead less than two weeks ago during record-breaking heat. According to the wrongful death suit, there had been complaints about the heat previously. Tell some good news to get you through. The North Halsted Market Days lineup is now out with headliners Anastasia, Michaela J, and Mateo Lane. It's one of the biggest LGBTQIA events of the summer. For more Chicago news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. All right, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace. And a one, and a two, and 87. Take a breath. You got it, boy. You got it.